We're going to be in Mark chapter 5, if you want to turn there. Um, Mark chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes, and when Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. And he shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. And then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged for Jesus, um, he begged Jesus again and again not to send him out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillsides, and the demons begged him, Send us. Among the pigs, allow us to go into them. And he gave them permission. And the impure spirit came out and went into the pigs. The herd of about 2,000 in number rushed down a steep bank and into the lake and were drowned. And those tending the pigs ran and reported this to the town and the countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had, been, had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then he began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As Jesus was getting into a boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. And how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done. And all of the people were amazed. In this story that unfolds, he gives us a location in the Gerasenes. And the Gerasenes is part of a region called the Decapolis. And the Decapolis just simply means ten cities. And it was during Jesus' day and is still today very much disputed territory. It's just really outside of Jewish um, territory and land. And it was always disputed and fought over. Another thing that we see is there was a farmer who has a herd of pigs that's grazing in the fields. And one thing that we know about Jews is they believed that these pigs would be unclean, and they were not to eat pigs, or really to keep pigs. And why is that important to the story? Well, Jesus and his disciples are not in Jewish land. They're not among Jewish people. And Jesus, once again, finds himself with people and things that are unclean. 
Where is this man living? He lives among the tombs where death is. And for a good Jew, you don't go to places of death and remain clean. So this man is not a Jew. And these pigs are here. And the whole story in Mark's telling is these flashing lights, unclean, 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 everything around Jesus is unclean. And time and time again in these wonder worker stories that we've looked at, we've seen Jesus touching what is unclean. And instead of the uncleanliness being transferred on to Jesus as it should be, his cleanliness is transferred on to what is unclean and made clean. And here you have a man with an impure spirit. And the spirit comes to Jesus and asks him to be sent away from here. Because at the center of this story, you have this man. This man who has been possessed by these phantom demons and basically stripped completely of his humanity. And he is left naked and hurting and isolated and alone. And he was given superhuman strength. But his superhuman strength wasn't used for good. It was only used for destruction and to harm and hurt. And he was stripped left naked, isolated, self-destructing. He was living in the wake of evil. He, He was living this life that no one would want because the oppress oppression was so heavy. But if we take this man and we take our camera and we pan back and get a wider view, there's so much more going on in the story than a man who has been possessed by demons. There's so much more in the story than a man who is hurting and isolated and naked and alone. There's a different perspective. And while the story has deep, significant meaning, It is also a dramatic telling of this man's life and freedom. So this demon comes to Jesus with this question, can we go into these pigs? And Jesus asks, what is your name? And the name here is so, so significant. Because the impure spirit replies, we are legion, for we are many. So let me tell you what happened in this region of the Gerasenes or the Decapolis, these ten cities. During this time, it was completely under Roman control. And a legion of Roman armies marched into this area and overthrew anyone who had power. And they took power by force. And they took and forced their will upon the people. You must live under our government and our rule and our reign. 
And if you did not submit to our rule and our reign, we will kill you. That was what Rome did. And so these impure spirits, this legion is so representative of this legion of armies of Rome that marches on cities and takes control. They are unclean. And as Revelation talks about, or as Daniel 7, where do the monsters, where do the beasts come from? They come up out of the sea. And the greatest place that these legions, these impure spirits, these monsters, these beasts could go was to be hurled back into the sea. That is where they belong. And, and it's so interesting, and I'm, I'm sure you've seen it on Facebook, you might have even shared it, um, but so many people right now in our world with all that's going on with COVID-19 have been sharing things, this is the end times. This is revelation coming true. Let me just say, whether you're in the room, whether you're online, revelation is not about COVID-19. It has nothing to do with it. And in fact, it's not truly about the end times. If you've been with us for a while, back in 2016, we did a series called Everyday Exiles, where we talked about Daniel and Revelation. 2018, we did a series at Christmas called Christmas Dragons. We were over there in that building, in Gate 11. And we talked about the importance of Revelation and Daniel for that matter. It is not a prophecy of the future. Revelation. And for the, this fact, this story as well. Revelation is a prophetic critique of the Roman Empire and thus all empires. And it is a prophetic call to be a faithful witness to Jesus Christ and not to be seduced into worshiping the emperor or the empire. And for these people, to refuse Romanization meant annihilation. Because Rome would come in and they would take over by force. And they would force their rule and their reign on everyone. Rome was the monster of all monsters. Rome was in line with Egypt and Assyria and Babylon and Rome and anything else you want to add. Germany, Nazi Germany. These empires that come and they force their will on everyone. Everyone submits and bows to the empire. Rome was a nation of pigs. They were unclean. And the only place that was fit for Rome was the abyss, the sea, to be thrown back in. And this story, Yes, is about a man with an evil spirit. But even more so, this story is about the kingdom of God confronting the kingdom of darkness and evil and showing that it has the ultimate rule and reign.
And if your life and my life is not for the purpose of the kingdom of God, then it has no other place that it belongs than back into the abyss. And Mark's gospel points to this, to this final confrontation with evil. As Jesus is left naked, dying, isolated on a cross, screaming out as he is stripped of his humanity and left tortured and dying and torn apart. But the chains that bound him could not hold him. The chains of death and evil that did its worst could not hold him there. See, this, this is the good news of the gospel. Understand this. The gospel is about Jesus coming into this world and bringing freedom to the captives. It's about Isaiah 35 being lived out, where we see the lame walking and the mute talking and the blind being able to see and those who were held as oppressed are now set free and able to leap like a deer. For you and I, it's us being the voice of Christ in this world and bringing the kingdom of God into this world on earth as it is in heaven to those who are broken and bound by the chains of racism that we would stand up and be a voice for good. For those who are bound and broken by systemic poverty, that we would stand with them and beside them and be a voice for the kingdom of God. For those who have no voice, the unborn, the widow, the orphan, that we would stand and be for them and be a voice where they do not have a voice. For marriage, for a godly union between a husband and a wife, that we would stand and be for marriage. Here's the thing. Everyone wants to make these political issues. These are right-wing, left-wing. These are conservative. These are liberal. These are Republican. These are Democrat. These are not political issues. These are kingdom of God issues. And we stand with and for the kingdom of God above all other nations, empires, rulers, and reign because we stand with the kingdom of God. This is not political agendas. This is the kingdom of God agenda. See, Mark's point is one day all kingdoms will submit to the rule and the reign of King Jesus. At some point, and here's the thing. Right now, there, there's something coming up in November. I don't know if y'all thought about this with, with all. And, and last time it went really well. Um, there was no fighting or arguing. Um, it was pretty, pretty relaxed. Um, but that's coming again. 
And it's been so interesting to watch over the last several weeks as it seems like we start to come out of this COVID crisis a little bit, start to reopen, how quickly it's becoming political again. And everyone's using it to critique everyone else and fight and bicker. Now, here, here's my prediction, and it doesn't take a rocket scientist. It's not a great prediction, but it's going to get worse. The fighting, and we're going to have people in a few months who are going to be saying, if this person's elected, then we might as well give up. And if this person's elected, we might as well give up. We're without hope. Can I remind you of something? I love this country to death. This is the greatest Babylon in the history of the world. But it is still Babylon. It is not the kingdom of God. And as Revelation comes to this climactic end, the writer reminds us, and he says, the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of His Messiah, and He will reign forever and ever. That there is one who is seated on the throne. And we submit everything to King Jesus. There's a, a part of the Pledge of Allegiance that I've always really struggled with, especially from high school on up. Because, you know, this is Memorial Day weekend, and we're honoring those who have fought and died for our country, and we are thankful and we're grateful, and for those of you who have family members who have sacrificed and served our country, we are grateful. But there's always been a problem for me. As I stand and I put my hand over my heart, and I say, I pledge allegiance to the flag. Like I said, I love this country. I'm grateful to be an American. But here's the deal. 20-something years ago, I don't know, I didn't do the math, I got in to some water just like that. And I went down under that water and I came up. And I remember my youth minister saying, you are now a new person. And the reason, the reason I had problems saying, and I still do today, I pledge allegiance to the flag, is because that day when I went into that water and I came out, there was now something different that I was pledging my allegiance to. My allegiance is to the Lamb. And my life is committed to Him. The one who was slain and risen again. And I will do anything for Him. See, and here's the difference. I'll do anything for my country. Until 
it stands in conflict with the way of the Lamb. Until it stands in conflict with the way of Jesus. Because in that moment, that's when you'll see where our ultimate allegiance lies. It doesn't lie with a flag. It doesn't lie with Babylon or Rome or Egypt or Assyria. Our ultimate allegiance is to the Lamb. And we will serve and give our life for Him. So I want to do one thing real quick. Real quick in this story. Because, yes, there is the bigger story that Jesus is telling and Mark is telling through this gospel story of this wonder worker. But I want us to take that camera and zoom back in on a man. A man who is in deep distress. A man who is hurting and broken and stripped of his humanity. A man who is left naked and isolated and is self-destructive. And he's been given this incredible power that he can't use for anything. And we realize that the center of this story, even though there are so much, there's so much bigger um, things going on in this story, we can't lose sight of a man who is hurting and isolated and alone. And Jesus sees him. And Jesus reaches out his hand to touch him. Because Jesus is always going to stand with those who have no one to stand with. And for you and I, it's a question. If we are committed to the kingdom of God, are we going to stand with those who have no one else to stand with? Because if we truly believe that Jesus is the hope of the world, and that his death, his burial, and his resurrection change everything, then they would bring hope and healing to this world. And the, the most powerful picture I think we get of this is in Ezekiel in chapter 47, where Ezekiel sees this, this scene of this temple. And, and out of the temple is this little stream of water that's just trickling out. And Ezekiel walks into the water, and there's an angel, and he says, he calls Ezekiel. He says, come on in deeper. And Ezekiel goes a little deeper, and he says, now it's up to just over my ankles. And the, the man says, come, come a little deeper. And Ezekiel goes a little deeper. Now it's up to his knees. And he says, no, keep coming, keep coming. And he goes and it's up to his, to his waist. And then he goes and he deeper and deeper into this river. And now it's up to his, his shoulders and he can't even stand. And he has to get out. But, but as the river flows into what was dead, there's new life starting to form. And there are these trees that are growing on the banks of the river. And these trees are for the healing of the nations. Because this river is bringing new life and hope into a world that was full of death and decay. 
And you and I as followers of Jesus get to walk alongside that river in a world that is broken and that is hurting and people who find themselves alone and isolated and we get to say that we stand beside them because Jesus stands beside them. And we pledge our allegiance to the Lamb. And we are committed to His rule and His reign. And we are committed to the kingdom of God coming on earth as it is in heaven. Regardless of what that means. Because for centuries, people have been asked to give their allegiance to Caesar. Or to an emperor. Or to a king. And to submit to them. And they have said, no, we will not. Because we submitted our life to King Jesus. And they have been killed for it. Because they pledged their allegiance to the Lamb. They were ready to follow at all cost. My question, my question for you this morning, is are you ready to follow at all cost? Not because we don't love this country, but because We believe the kingdom of God is greater. And one day, we know that what Revelation says will be true. That the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of His Messiah. And He will reign forever and ever. And if you believe that, It changes everything about you. Father, today in this place, Father, we once again submit our life to the Lamb. And we pledge our allegiance to you. The Lamb that was slain from the beginning of time. Who was crucified and who is risen from the dead. And Father, who everything on heaven and earth submits to your rule and your reign. Because Father, we've seen disaster calmed at the voice of Jesus. We've seen the disease sent out of people. We've seen destruction come and Jesus bring healing. We've seen death overtaken at the power of His Word. And Father, we've seen demons submit to the name of Jesus. And Father, it seems like everything on earth, whether disaster or death or disease or demons, have submitted and bowed their knee to You. And Father, the only thing left is humanity. That we would bow our knee to the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Messiah, the Christ, Jesus. And Father, we ask for your blessing on us today as we follow the Lamb. Amen.